Today is the third uh, Sunday of the Pentecost period, the joyful 50 days. And one of the beautiful themes of this period is living with Christ the bridegroom, living with Christ the bridegroom. And from the book of Acts, we know that the Lord Jesus Christ was training his disciples during this time. He was teaching them. He was eating with them. He was living with them for 40 days until his ascension. And the church is reliving that joyful period right now. It's a period of no fasting. Because as the Lord Jesus Christ said, he said, Can the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. So it is during this period that we are enjoying the presence of Christ the bridegroom. And as I was meditating on this theme of Christ the Bridegroom and living with Christ the Bridegroom and the gospel of today, which is from John chapter 4, it's the encounter of our Lord Jesus Christ with the Samaritan woman. There was one question that kept coming to my mind, and that was, what are the chances? What are the chances? So today I'd like to explore this question maybe from three different perspectives or three different probabilities, if you will. The first perspective that I want to look at or the first probability is what are the chances? What are the chances that I will encounter the Messiah? I'm sure the morning of that day when the Samaritan woman was preparing to go to the well I'm sure it felt like, you know, maybe a normal day. It was part of her routine. Every week we need to go to the well to get water. But once, on a seemingly like random day, she encountered the Messiah. And the Lord Jesus Christ changed her forever. So the idea here is, what are the chances that this time I will meet the Messiah? What are the chances I will meet the Messiah? The second perspective or the second probability that i want to discuss with you today is what are the chances that christ the bridegroom the most beautiful the most righteous the most honorable the one whom the cherubim and the seraphim honor and continually praise what are the chances that the lord would choose like a wretch like me a wretch like me You know, when people are about to get married and they're dating, unfortunately, like people talk and they gossip a lot and that's not good. But people say things like, wow, he or she is out of his league or he or she is too good or too smart or too rich or too beautiful for him or her. And they say, like, what is that person doing? We didn't think that someone like that would choose a spouse like that. So the second question that I want to discuss with you today is what are the chances that the Lord would choose a wretch like me to become his bride? The third perspective or the third probability is what are the chances that I will respond like the Samaritan woman and accept the invitation to become his bride. And God willing, those are the three perspectives, the three questions that I would like to explore in the reading of today. So the first one, 
What are the chances that I will encounter the Messiah? What are the chances I will encounter the Messiah? And to be very brief, I don't want to beat around the bush. The answer is a hundred percent, a hundred percent. There is a hundred percent chance that you will encounter the Messiah. It was not luck. It was not coincidence. It was not fortune that the Lord met the Samaritan woman at the well on this day. It was part of divine providence. And so the probability is a hundred percent. And because the Lord is seeking such encounters. And that's why the gospel of today, it's written that he needed to go through Samaria. He needed to go through Samaria to meet this woman. And the Lord could have taken an alternative route. But the Lord wanted to collide with this woman. You know, a collision occurs a collision like if you have a car crash or any type of collision a collision occurs when two things occupy the same space at the same time and the story of the samaritan woman and practically the whole story of the bible is about the collision between the lord and mankind and that's why there's a hundred percent chance that we will encounter the lord because he came to save mankind. So I believe every single person will have an opportunity to encounter the Messiah. That's why in Romans chapter 10, St. Paul, he says something very beautiful. He said, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But I say, but I say, have they not heard? Yes, indeed, they have heard. Their sound has gone out to all the earth and all the all their words to the end of the world. When we're in the apostles' fast, we'll be repeating that line over and over again. Their sound has gone to all the earth. The voice of the apostles, the voice of the Lord, He has encountered all mankind. So the Lord says that He will meet everyone. Everyone will hear His word. The Lord also says about himself that he is the good shepherd and the good shepherd loves his sheep. In John chapter 10, he says, there are other sheep I have, which are not of this fold. Them I must also bring and they will hear my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd. You see how the Lord is going to go after the sheep. And in Luke 15, the Lord speaks about a shepherd who leaves his 99 sheep to search out for the one that is lost. So the message for us is that this shepherd is looking for every single one of us. He's on a collision course with us. And there is a 100% chance that we will meet him. A 100% chance. I'm sure the Samaritan woman, when she left the well today... She was thinking to herself, wow, what an amazing day. I met the Messiah today. What a spectacular day. She must have left thinking, what are the chances? Who am I that the Lord would choose me to meet me? But the idea is that the Lord has chosen every single one of us. Everyone is on a collision course with the Lord. And when you meet the Lord, he's willing to offer you the living water. If we have not met the Lord yet, 
Perhaps today is the day to meet with the Lord. To encounter the Lord, to collide with the Lord. The second perspective or probability that I want to discuss with you is what are the chances that a wretch like me could be a bride to someone so honorable, someone so pure? The answer to this question also is 100%. Oftentimes we think that we are not good enough to be used by God. And we say, oh, there's better people There's smarter people, there's more talented people, there's more qualified people. But the Bible is very clear, very, very clear. God's choice is not based on those qualities. David was the youngest among his brothers, and his brothers forsook him, and they thought of him as someone young and immature. But God chose him to be king for his people. Moses was someone who had a speech impediment. And something even worse than that, something even more egregious, was that Moses was a murderer. He had blood on his hands. I'm sure God could have found someone that could speak better and someone who didn't have blood on his hands. But God chose Moses to lead his people out of Egypt. I could mention so many more. I could mention Rahab. I could mention the disciples of the Lord. I could mention St. Paul. I could mention the Samaritan woman. The Samaritan woman. The important lesson here is that the former life did not disqualify these people from being part of the bridegroom. For being wed to the bridegroom. In Romans chapter 5, St. Paul makes this point very clear. He makes it very clear. He says, if it was up to the law, if it was up to the law, we would all be guilty. In Romans 5.16, it says, for the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation. Condemnation. There's condemnation for us all. But the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. In another translation, it says, After the one sin came the judgment of guilty. That's the condemnation. Came the judgment of guilty. But after so many sins, comes the undeserved gift of not guilty. The undeserved gift of not guilty. I imagine a defendant. Imagine yourself sitting guilty of a crime. And you know... That you are guilty of that crime. And you are waiting for the judge to sit there and open the verdict and read the verdict. And you know a hundred percent that you are guilty. And the judge, he opens the verdict. He pulls it out. He reads it. And he says, not guilty. Say what? Wow. I'm so guilty. But the judgment came back not guilty. This is by grace. This manaha grace. This is the whole idea of grace. We all deserve the sentence guilty. But he gave us the sentence not guilty. So then if the Lord accepts us as his bride. It's not because of our merit. It is not because of our righteousness. It is not because of our good deeds. It is because of only His grace. 
only his grace. That's why St. John Chrysostom, in one of his beautiful sayings in marriage and family life, he says that Christ the bridegroom loved the church unconditionally. The church to be his bride, even though the church was not beautiful. The church was not beautiful. Even though the church was adulterous and unfaithful and stabbed the Lord in in the back and actually put him on the cross. But the Lord loved the church. The Lord is the true bridegroom, loves the church unconditionally. And so actually St. John Chrysostom says that's how husbands should be to their wives. To love their wives unconditionally as Christ loved the church. The Samaritan woman... We see how the Lord chose the Samaritan woman to be his bride. The Samaritan woman was from the wrong religion. She was a person outcasted by society. She was the wrong sex. Even the disciples at the end of the the gospel of today, they came to the Lord and said that, what are you doing talking to a woman? She was a person that was not living righteously. She had five husbands. But this person was chosen to be the bride of Christ. So this shows us that we have a 100% chance to be chosen to be the bride of Christ. The third question on what are the chances are, what are the chances that I will respond like the Samaritan woman, and accept the invitation to become his bride. The previous two questions, the answer was 100%, no doubt. No doubt that the Lord will, we will have a collision with the Lord, we will encounter the Lord, no doubt. No doubt that he has chose us to be his bride. But unfortunately, how we respond to us, How we respond to the Lord is up for each person to make. And actually, we don't know the the chance. The chance is up to you. The chance is now in your hand. Unfortunately, we know not many people actually will respond to this opportunity to be a bride of Christ. We know from Matthew 7, we know that it says, enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. So today we want to increase this chance. If we are one of the few, we want to become one of the few. And we want the few to grow and to be many. That's our prayer. That Our prayer is for the salvation of the world. That all of us respond to the calling of the Lord to be the bride of Christ. You know, earlier I spoke to you about collisions. And usually in a collision, when two things hit each other, oftentimes it leaves like shaking. There's someone is shaken up in the collision. And in the gospel of today, the Samaritan woman was shaken up. She collided with someone who gave her living water and someone who told her all that she ever did. But she, re- she, reminded, she responded to the invitation of the bridegroom and went out and preached to all of Samaria. 
From our study of physics, and I'm going to be a little nerdy here, we know that there are two types of collisions. In one type of collision, things that collide against each other, one type of collision, they bounce off each other and go in different directions. This is called an elastic collision. When things bounce off of each other and go different ways when they collide. There's another type of collision when things collide together and they stick and they move together. This is called an inelastic collision. In the Bible, there are people who responded to the collision of the Lord elastically and inelastically. For instance, in John chapter 6, the gospel that we read last week, When the Lord said, I am the bread of life. Some people in the crowd, they were offended. And it's written in that that gospel, it says, From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. So some of the people responded elastically. And then the Lord asked his disciples, Do you also, you want to be repelled? Do you want to go a different way? But look at the response of Simon Peter. He said, no, Lord, I want to be inelastic with you. I want to stay with you. He says, do you want to go away? Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And they stuck to the Lord. They stuck to the Lord. The Lord changed the path of of. Of these people. Just like the widow of Nain. She was on a path. A pathway of a funeral. On a pathway of sadness and mourning. And the Lord changed that path. When he came and collided with that path. He changed them. And they all left joyous and happy. That the son of the widow of Nain now arose from the dead. Because they stuck to the Lord. In Matthew chapter 22, there's a parable of the wedding feast that I think can tie all of the aspects that we are talking about together. The parable of the wedding feast is symbolic of our wedding to the Lord, our true bridegroom. And the parable begins by the master of the feast sending an invitation to all those who are initially chosen to attend the wedding of his son. But the people who were initially chosen, it's written in Matthew 22, they made light of it and went their ways. One to his own farm, another to his business, and the rest, they seized his servants and treated them spitefully and killed them. So the master of the feast said, therefore go into the highways and as many as you find, as many as you find, invite to the wedding. This was my first point. The first point is that everyone will receive the invitation. I'm a hundred percent sure that everyone will receive the invitation of the Lord. You know, sometimes our invitations to important events, they can get lost in the mail. They can get lost on the desk. They can get lost. But the invitation of the Lord will not get lost. And he will go and call everyone to the wedding feast. So he went out and invited everyone. And he went into the highways and gathered together all whom they found, both bad and good. 
And the wedding hall was filled with guests. This is the second point I made. I told you there was a hundred percent chance that it doesn't matter what you were in the past, you can be invited to the wedding feast. And here you see that there was both bad and good people at the wedding feast. What it means to say is that these were the people who were guilty, but they received the grace. They received the sentence not guilty. So they came to the wedding feast. But then the king came in to see the guests, and he saw a man who did not have his wedding garment. So she said to him, friend, how did you come here without the wedding garment? And she was speechless, and he was speechless. This is someone who responded, actually. Here we want to learn how to respond. When we respond, we said we have to respond inelastically. We need to stick to the Lord. But more than that, it's not just to stick to the Lord to show up to the feast. You have to be wearing the wedding garment. You have to be wearing the wedding garment. And that wedding garment is talked about in Colossians chapter 3, which was the Pauline epistle of today. It says, but you now you yourselves are to put off, put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another. Since you have put off the old man with his deeds. This person who showed up thought he could come in just wearing his old. No, he had to put off the old man to put on the new man. He had to respond to the Lord who is who who was standing at the gate. He had to have the wedding garment. The call for us today is to respond, to respond the way the Samaritan woman did, to respond to the door who is standing at the door of our heart. Open up. Let the Lord come in, encounter Him, feed on the living water, and taste the living water. And when you taste the living water, you will not want any of the other stuff anymore. You will not want any of that anymore. That's why every night we should pray that we are like, we are not like the five foolish virgins. The five foolish virgins, they forgot that their bridegroom was coming. They weren't prepared. This is in our hands. The other stuff, is a hundred percent. The Lord will show up. The Lord has called us, invited us to be his wife. The rest is in our hand. What are the chances today that you will answer the call? Answer the call. That is our prayer for today. And glory be to God forever. Amen. <laughs>